0: This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. Not every guest takes me up on the opportunity, but I like to do a segment called the Mic Swap, where I make my guest into the host, and then I become the guest. I let them take the conversation wherever they want to take it, ask me whatever they want, and uh, it's a lot of fun, I think. This is Mic Swap.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Shareable. I'm Robbie Samuels, your host, and I'm here today with Jeff Gibbard, and I am digging into his thoughts and reactions on an emotional level to reading my book and learning about the practices and strategies in the book and how they relate to the business that he's been building. My book is called Small List, Big Results, Launch a Successful Offer, No Matter the Size Your Email List. And I have a sense that it hit home, some of these concepts. So Jeff, let's kick this off with what was the sort of biggest aha moment for you as you were reading through this book and learning more about it? So there, uh, the biggest, okay, I'll start with
0: the biggest because I, I definitely have a number of things that I want to call out as being um, admirable in the book and, and, and things that I, I took away from it. But um, I think the idea that your research process is part of your marketing uh, and not just this extra thing that you have to do. Uh, I found that to be probably the most useful, mainly because of how much I've struggled with um, just building things because, like, I'm a know-it-all and I know how to do certain things and I think people would want it. And um, and not taking that step, I think, has harmed some of the things I've done in the past and since I have a tendency to not market my own stuff very well, I like, I just like make things because I want to solve problems. So I make a thing and then I'm like, I did it. And then I move on to doing it again. And it it's like a, a game of whack-a-mole where I never win uh, with that strategy. Um, and I, I mean, I do fine. I have great clients. I have like all sorts of things that are very successful, but like that particular action of like putting together an offer or a thing that people would pay me money for. I'm just like, I just want to help people. So I just like do a thing and I run with it. And I could do such a better job of it if I followed this research process. And I think the way that you've outlined it in the book, very, very, um, detail oriented in how one goes about doing that, I think is, um, that was probably the thing that I found most interesting about it. And, and the thing that I'll most apply.
1: So you talked a little bit about how you haven't been doing this. You probably could do better if you were doing this. How does it make you feel to realize that you have this option? You haven't been taking it like Is there is there like a gut reaction to like, oh, okay that's that's what's going on?
0: Um, I mean, I I think on the one hand, it's a little it feels like a little bit disappointing that I missed the opportunity to do that. And it it definitely um, it almost seems common sense why that's been uh, a factor that I would have benefited from having done. Like, it's just super obvious that you talk to the people who might want to buy it and tell them what they would, and they tell you what they might want and how they're feeling about it. And if you incorporate that, that you're more likely to sell things to those people. Um, So that part, a little bit disappointing, but on the other hand, I'm also willing to cut myself a lot of slack on that because I know that I'm also constantly undertaking way too many projects and the likelihood that I would have actually done that had I not read a book like this and had sort of a kind of crystal clear defining moment, the likelihood that that would have happened is like slim to none. So it's like, I don't know what I don't know. And if something's not, if, if you can't get something to like click, right. There's, it doesn't matter if you give like the same information. I, like I've told you, I told you this before, like I've heard people say, you should do research before launching a product. Great. But like y- you framed it in a way where it was like, that's actually part of building the market first of all. And second of all, here's step-by-step how you do a thing. Not just like this generic, it's sort of like uh, when people say provide value, right? Like that's such a generic sort of thing that people say, but like, what do you actually mean by that? Right? So I like that you put that together and, and broke it down like that. So I guess my gut reaction to it is like mild disappointment, but happy I have it now.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Are you, you move through the stages of grief faster than most people. I do. I move through almost everything faster than most people. <laughs> no, of some of the people that I, I've talked to after reading this book really feel like it was a gut punch. Like, yeah, like, because they, they realize now like, oh, that's why that didn't work. You probably aren't, you have things that are working a and B you have so many other things you've, you've put out there. Yeah. That you're not like hung up on any one of them not having launched. Like I'm used you know, to things failing and yeah. I'm used to things succeeding. So
0: like if something right. fails, it's not like I had all my chips on it. Like I, I have things, I have bets placed all over the place on different things. And I know a lot of the time that the failure of it, I can see clearly why it failed. So knowing that never makes me, I wouldn't say never, generally doesn't make me feel badly. I'm just happy to have learned the lesson and just do better next time.
1: Cause I'm going to have more ideas
0: and I'm going to do more things. So.
1: Now, you said that there was uh, more than one aha for you. So what was what was something else that struck you from what you were learning about this book?
0: So as you know, I'm, uh, I've am i written a book and it's coming out in January. It's called The Lovable Leader. It's probably the thing professionally that I'm most proud of that I've ever done. And the other thing that I got out of reading your book was forget about the, the content of the book, like what your book is about, the way that you write your book. Um, I actually... One of the things that I struggled with in writing my book was so I wrote like a guide, right? Like how to be a lovable leader, and it's very much about like embracing empathy, care, uh, building trust. It's like a lot of like the the strategic and tactical side of leadership that is deeply human and emotionally connected. But stories were very difficult for me because I I never wanted to use real stories, and I. I coach people like in the moment and then like, I just completely forget, like I'm very like in the moment with people. So when it came time to like come up with real life stories, whoa, that was difficult. And I was struck by in your book, how effortlessly you were, it because a lot of people, what they do when they bring in a story, they're like, and now story time, right? Like, it's like this very like um, contrived sort of thing but I felt like the way that you were able to introduce stories as you are talking about a concept and that you were able to illustrate a point with the stories, I thought was actually really, really, um, uh, it's the word I'm looking for here. Like, I, I don't want to say I, I admired it because I feel like that's a very, that's like a very heavy way to say it, but to a certain extent I did. I very much like, I appreciated how you did that. And I was a little envious of the fact that I had so much trouble with it. So I think, regardless of, of what your book is about and the, and the content of it, that aspect of it, I kind of looked at and said, I want to study how to do that better. And I think you did it in a way that was actually really, really
1: well done. Yeah, it's really interesting. Part of it is that I wrote this book initially uh, 20,000 words of it. Um, and it's not a very long book. So that's like, you know, two thirds of the book I wrote in um, 2018. So a lot of the stories were from clients I was working with in 2018 and I captured them in blog posts and in the book, at that time, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things I would say is like by by always writing, by always having a story based um, email list, I was able to go back to those stories and then that refreshed my memory. And then I could figure out like, how, does, how do I leave this in? And I um, I did change the name of all the, of the people and i sent that to them too and said, by the way, like this is you, um, yeah. I'm changing the name again uh before I publish. <laughs> um, so I I wanted them to not be like, you know, completely caught off guard. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of them were just such good lessons, like to to see that. So um, but thank you for for acknowledging that. I I don't think of myself as the most uh, talented writer in the world. It's a craft that I've been working at. So I think you're a very nice good writer. Yeah. yeah.
0: You're an excellent writer. And the uh again, like I think going between like um you know dropping tactical dropping information steps. and tactical yeah. and stuff and then kind of like kind of effortlessly, like going into a story I, I thought was, you know, yeah, you should be really proud of that. It's hard well, to stories do. Stories
1: are what people remember, right? That's totally. That's, and, yeah.
0: I, and I, like I'm a brand strategist in, in, in one of my many facets of doing work. And like, I talk about the importance of stories and I'll write a brand story for, for a client, like no problem. Right. I'll write emails that are like deeply empathetic and personal and connected. And like, bring in like real life examples. But when I sat down to write my book, like it didn't occur to me that I should illustrate some of these things with actual stories. And you know what it's now I'm speaking it out loud. I'm trying to think of like what it was, but I think part of it is I felt like giving a story would be limiting, even though it's not, it's actually probably the thing that connects, but I was like, Oh, but what if someone doesn't resonate with this example? Like they're going to, they're going to think, well, I, I never managed a bank, like whatever it might be, like is that going to take people out of it? I might as well just stick with the strategies and tactics. So the broadly applicable, here's the framework, right? So I think that's probably where I struggled with it. It's like,
1: Uh I was like, I don't want people to not like it. I love, I love the ahas happening in the moment. Um, So uh, let's just talk about your book launch for a second. Um, I don't think you actually signed up for my, my launch. I did. I'm part, I owe you a review. I'm just, okay. so, So you've seen the series of emails.
0: Yes. I'm, okay. I'm actually flagging all of your stuff. Like I, <laughs> so this, I'm flagging, like in a good way. I mean, I'm, I'm flagging yeah. it. And I'm saying like, this is how Robbie did it. And Robbie's book is like a runaway success right now. So I am going to figure out what Robbie has done here.
1: <laughs> and you are part of my launch team. So you're going to get invited to the book launch uh, debrief masterclass that we have Sweet. coming up. And so, um, but similar to what you were talking about with building an audience in order to get one of your offers off the ground, it's similar to that for a book. It's just that you're doing it through a launch team. And uh, I was building my launch team before my book was really final. It was like on its way to the editor mm-hmm. and I was already like starting to put out the word that I had a launch team. So it's just, um, you know, and then and then getting feedback from people along the way, right? So like, as you're going, um, what, is the, what is the thing your book leads to after? Like, so you have this book, it, it's published. Hopefully it launches. Hopefully people read it. Hopefully you get, you know, 50 plus reviews. What is the offer or, or what is your hope for after that book comes out?
0: There are two things that I really want this book to accomplish. One for me is it, one is professionally related. The other is completely not right. So in the context of what you're asking is I hope that people read the book, the book sells, and I get more speaking engagements to be able to talk about lovable leadership and provide training to teams so that they can have better leadership inside their companies. So I want lovable leadership as a methodology to spread throughout companies. I want to be able to be the one that goes and, and, you know, coaches teams and and works with teams on uh, implementing lovable leadership. So that's the first part. The second part is really just, I primarily wrote this book because I, I, I hate the fact that there's so many jobs that people hate. And I, I wrote the book because I think the book needs to exist. And I wrote the book because I want better leaders out there, regardless if I make a dime from it. Like I legitimately feel like if, if you told me that I could put my book on a BitTorrent site and a million people would download it and read it, but I would lose a million sales, I would put it on BitTorrent immediately because I think it's more important that the ideas in lovable leadership... Uh, are spread throughout companies than it is that I make money specifically from that. Um, I'm hoping to, I want to make money from the book. I want it it to lead to speaking engagements and training and, you know, coaching at the executive level. Sure. But actually it's more important to me that it spreads as far and wide as possible.
1: So let's actually break this down. Um, How have you talked to people to know that they need this? Have you heard from other people that this is something that would be useful?
0: Yes, absolutely. In fact, the, uh, the the genesis of this book was I was driving back from Annapolis with my wife and she had just moved into a new leadership role where she was managing people for the first time. And she was asking me all of these different questions. Uh, and I had managed people for a while. And uh, we we did the outline of the book on the way home. And the outline changed like five or six times by way of new experiences, talking to different people. But I, I noticed in my life Virtually everybody I know that had to manage people was dealing with certain recurring themes and issues that kind of kept coming up time and time and time again. So um, that was one data point. The second data point was if I listened to what people didn't like about their jobs, what they didn't like about their managers, what they didn't like about their bosses, whether it be from my own conversations with people, overhearing things. Uh, or even just looking at things like Gallup polls and Pew research, like there are some pretty consistent themes that kept emerging: issues around trust, issues around care about work-life balance, all these different sort of things. And um, it just sort of helped me to identify like what is what are the things that have to be in this book and what are the things that don't. And that helped to create the outline. And then I just kind of provided like, hey, here's here are my thoughts on it. Here's my experience. Here's uh, an aggregate of other frameworks that I'm pulling in. You know, so I'm looking at things like you know, the science of influence and looking at, you know, the, the laws of human nature and how people think about things. And that's kind of how it all came together.
1: So here's a thought for me. Um, that all sounds great. And it sounds like you're on the right track. You said your outcome that you would hope for professionally is to be hired into companies to do training or speaking. Mm -hmm. Um, so the examples in your book should make that obvious because you would be surprised how the leaps of logic that you think people would make are not going to be made. Mm -hmm. So unless you specify that you are a consultant or you're a trainer or you're a coach or you're a speak, like people will not make that leaps of logic just because you're an author, which Mm -hmm. is sort of strange, but it's real. Um, The other thing is uh, before you publish the book, I would go and find people in those roles that you already have in your network that, you know, either they're the decision maker or they could be a champion for you. And I would start to talk to them now about the ideas in the book, and then include quotes from them.
0: Hmm, Interesting. Well, the book is at the proof stage, so it's it's we're we're wow, it's really 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 close. Yeah, we're like launching soon. Can you? Okay, do you have endorsers? Uh, I'm currently in the endorsement reaching out process. P.S. You're on the list.
1: Well, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So that, but I would. I mean, I be happy to endorse, but I'm not a person who's going to be able to open those doors for you. So I would really low look at people in those companies Mm -hmm. and have them endorse this book. And that would be a way to get a quote from them, get it in the book. Now they have a little buy-in, right? Now, when you go back to them, you mail them a copy and you thank them. Now it's like, I'd love to like bring this to your organization. Like, Mm -hmm. let's talk about how we can set something. Like, I I just think like use the book process to start to really create that pipeline and seed that pipeline. And if you can't get people to easily give you those endorsement or give those quotes um, it's because they're not seeing the value in what you're creating. Mm. (laughs) And then you've got to not hit publish. I don't care what stage it's in the proofing, like stop and revamp it to meet the needs of what they currently see. Cause maybe they're like, you need to talk more about, you know, the, the, the hybrid situation we're now struggling with, whatever, right? Like Mm -hmm. maybe there's some, scenario that you're not covering they're like this is really important and I don't see that in here like I would be like and here's the chapter on that <laughs> I'm now adding yeah. um and get get that sort of buy-in vetting in the in a tangible form not in like a that's really nice jeff i like it but if they're willing to put some time into like creating something um and then if they're willing to then introduce to someone else in their in their office or in their organization that you can send a book to, then they're using their social proof, right? They're using their relationships to introduce you. And that is a form of an ask, but it also shows you that there's even more interest in your, in your offer. And so just be like, and who else can I mail a copy to? Cause like when the, when I get a copy, I'd love to mail, who, who else you know would be really interested in this? Like that kind of thing. And just use the book before it's even live, before it's published, before anyone has access to it, to sort of build this like dozen names that, you know, you can go to afterward, having already built a connection with around the content, of the book, thank them for their relationship the book. thank them for investing in the book, thank them for their help, you know, and then kind of go from there into a more natural conversation about, Hey, let's actually bring this to life in your organization. Like it's a lot of people just see a book and put it in the drawer or put it on a shelf. Like, let's actually act this out and like, make this a real thing. And they'll be like, they'll be much more into it. Cause they actually helped with the book in some way.
0: Yeah. No, I dig it, man. It's it's very much uh, in line with that uh, with the research process helping to build that market.
1: Right. Uh, and then have a kick-ass launch so that people, social proof-wise, are like, wow, this book's really great. <laughs> it's yeah. doing really well. Other people mm-hmm. seem to like it. Fingers crossed. Um, it's out. Yeah. Um, this is really exciting. I'm, I'm so excited for you about this and what's coming next for you. And um, thanks for taking time to, to give me feedback about my book and hear a little bit more about your book. And I, I just got to say, this this episode, shareable.
0: Wait, don't leave. If you've never listened to my fancy
1: outro, do it
0: just once for me, please. Okay, if you enjoy Shareable and you find it valuable, there's a few ways that you can support the show. One, you can share it on social media, which I strongly encourage. I mean, it's literally the name of the show, Shareable. Two, you can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're an Overcast user, as many of my listeners are, make sure to click that star button on the episodes that you like. The third way that you can support the show is by blogging about it or discussing it on your own podcast or even by making a YouTube video where you talk about one of the episodes. And then the final way that you can support the show is by supporting it directly on Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes. Now, before I let you go, I want to tell you about one other thing.